Morning, everyone. My name is Martinez. For those of you who don't know me, um, I'm one of the elders here, just for the visitors' sake. And um, I only need one hour of your time, so don't stress. <laughs> joking, joking. <laughs> Let's quickly pray. Yeah, Father, this morning I really just want people to see who you are. You are so beautiful, God, and when we, when we see you, it's easy to follow. When we see you, it's easy to do. So help us to just see what you want to show us this morning, God. Amen. Awesome. So, yeah, who of you have like a favorite band or a hobby or a sport? I'm really casting it wide here, people. Come on. <laughs> Someone must have something here, okay? <laughs> so I remember as a young guy, I just got to know Jesus and I'm giving away my age now, but I couldn't wait for DC Talk to come to South Africa, okay? DC Talk or Delirious or one of those guys. And um, there's something in us, if someone like the niche we like, if they come to town, we want to go and check them out, right? So last week, Kala did an excellent thing on the apostolic. And as Christians, I really want to say it's almost like one of those niches for us. It's such an opportunity, it's like DC Talk coming to Stellenbosch for me, okay? <laughs> Just to see guys from 412 showing us how to build church better. So I really want to encourage you, if you haven't been, go there. It's really awesome to see, because you learn how a healthy church looks. You also learn maybe to help someone else see church in a better light. I've been a few times and I can't wait. And with that comes people. Okay, so Carla mentioned it a bit, but there's people coming from all over this country, but also from all over the world, and they all need a place to come and sleep, and maybe transport there, and it's easy to try and come with a command, and maybe if you can put that up, like Romans 12, 13, it says, contribute to the needs of the saints, and seek to show hospitality, and that's so easy to do. Boom, boom, now it's your turn, you know? But we all know just to cast the command, it's just dry. After a while, it just becomes dry. If you don't find the heart, it just becomes this dry thing to follow. So I really want to, this morning, try and show God's heart, and then hopefully, yeah, we can follow. So what comes to mind if you think of hospitality? Now, I just want to say if I slip with a word hospitality today, I don't know why. The more I think of a word, the more I say it wrong. <laughs> so bear with me. But when I think of it, I think of maybe a restaurant or a hospital or <laughs> an Airbnb. Hopefully not the same thing. But they all give something. They, like a restaurant gives you something for your stomach. The Airbnb gives you a nice soft place to stay. And um, maybe if you find something amazing you'll find a host will go the extra mile. So, um, in the ancient Roman times, they also showed hospitality. But they often showed it to important people and often to get something back. There's something in it for them. But Christians stood out. They were noted because they would show hospitality to all people. And what was interesting, even to the least of us, they would show hospitality, which was amazing. And it was like, a pinnacle moment for the early church, which built this reputation of love 
And we heard today, like, even through the life we show, people will get to know Jesus. So even through hospitality, that can happen. So the Bible adds a third thing. So if you think A, B, and B, you think bed and breakfast, but it adds a third B, and this is going to be so corny, <laughs> brotherly love. Okay, so the A, B, and B, and B. Okay, that's what we're being called to. Yes, that is corny, but you're going to remember it, hopefully. So um, when I think of, I, I like travel, okay? And I th now just imagine a, a whole world without hospitality. So maybe you fly for the first time, I don't know, Europe. You go to Europe, maybe there wouldn't even have been planes because people won't have hospitality in mind, but you get there, and now you're like, okay, where am I going to put my bag? There won't be anywhere to put your bag. Then you go, okay, don't worry, I'm going to go put my bag in my hotel. Wait, that doesn't, it doesn't exist. Hospitality doesn't exist. Then you go, okay, well, while this world is upside down, I'm just going to go and eat somewhere. But even that won't exist because restaurants are part of hospitality. Not even a friend will phone you, not even family members, because hospitality is not something. That's a terrible place to be, right? And that's often um, what I think we don't get, because we think it's just this one thing. But it influences so much. When I think of COVID, like parts of life which was influenced the most was travel. Like the hospitality industry, where you're going to stay, where you're going to eat. And so... Yes, it's just a huge part of our lives. My phone is going louder, I don't know why. So, um, my wife and I are quite cautious for just allowing anybody to come and live with us. And it comes with reason. We read a lot and we watch a lot of documentaries and we just see the news. But we're also very open to what God wants for us. So many years ago, an old school friend of mine sent me a message. He sent me an email. I think he found me on Facebook. And when I got his message, I just felt in my heart to tell him about when I was a, like a few years before then, and I almost died from drugs in Netherlands. Okay. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, as I opened up, he opened up his lifestyle, and he said, you know what? I'm, I'm in a homosexual lifestyle. This is how I live life. And I said, I would really like to meet up with you again. And just to get to know you, let's have a coffee. So we went for a coffee. He knew how I felt. And at the same time, I really wanted to catch up, show him love. And he didn't feel awkward with me. I didn't feel awkward with him. And I believe that's what God wants. He wants us to build relationship with people. And part of that discussion, he mentioned his boyfriend. So I didn't get to know the guy. Fast forward a few months, myself and the we're in church, and we see this guy walk in, and you quickly see when someone's new in church, right? They'll take your church pamphlet and do this. And I read everything, like there's nothing interesting actually, but they read everything on that pamphlet. <laughs> so both me and Vassal caught this guy, and we're like, okay. So I went up to him, and I just went to greet him. Tip, that's also part of hospitality, just to say Hi. And uh, then we invited him over for dinner, but we were clever. We also invited some other Christian buddies. So this guy sat there, and he must have felt very open to just share his life. And he started to share 
his lifestyle with us. And the more he shared, the more I started to put two and two together. And I realized that he was the boyfriend of my school buddy, which was, how does God orchestrate these things? And just like earlier, I think it was a week before that, God told him that he should get divorced from his husband to follow Jesus wholeheartedly. But a result of that would be he would have no place to live. He would have to go back up to his parents, and we could see God was starting to do something in this guy's life. So that evening, I went to bed, as I went to bed, and um, I just felt, we need to help this guy. Somehow, we need to help this guy. We need to take him into our house. Total stranger. That morning, my wife woke up, and she just looked at me. She's like, I couldn't sleep last night. We have to take this guy in. So we took him in, and I can tell you, I'm I'm feeling teary now, (laughs) but um, it was some of the best months of my life to get to know this guy, to see how God's heart went out to this guy, how God just gave me insight and just some more understanding of what he must have gone through, and to see this guy starting to follow Jesus again. It was so beautiful, and for me, even more beautiful than that was how involved the Holy Spirit was to work with both me and my wife, who are not easily allowing just any stranger into our house, to do that, to work in his life, and just then Jesus just being glorified through this God. How beautiful is that? But we see this God already starting in the Old Testament. He, um, he chose this group of people, and he gave them a place to live. He hosted them in their own country. And it comes from, before then, they were enslaved in Egypt, and there they would cry out, and they would cry out, and they would cry out for, what, 400 years, I think it was. And then God gave them this country, and he said, he said the following, I don't think I have that on there, don't try and find it. He just says, the stranger who lives as a foreigner with you shall be to you as the native born among you, and you shall love him as yourself, for you lived as foreigners in the land of Egypt. Isn't that beautiful? Like they knew what it felt like to be strangers. God gave them a place to stay, and he says, go and do the same. It's not just do it. It's, hey, I've showed you how it works. Help others. Help others feel this. And we see it with Elijah. Um, We see this prominent lady, and she would just tell him, hey, Elijah, here's some bread. That's so easy. It's such an easy beginning to showing hospitality. Bread. And then every time he would go past there, and it sounds like it happened quite often, he he knew he could go back, back there and have bread. And then this Interesting conversation happens between her and her husband. And if you can put up uh, 2 Kings 4.10, it says, let us make, that says small, my translation is a bit different, a little room on the roof. So it's not like there was already this room and they just said use it. They are making a room for this guy. That's going next level. Let's set a bed which is your bare basics for a room, right? (laughs) But she goes further, a table, a chair, a lamp. And I just think they must have had, through all those days of simple beginnings, here's a piece of bread, they must have had discussions. 
They must have talked about this. And through that, she must have seen, hey, this guy would love a table. He would love a chair. He would need a lamp. So maybe she knew he reads in the evenings. So it was just interesting for me to see how she went over and above. Just She started, this was safe. And then as she got to know this guy, she went further and further and further in hospitality. And um, she didn't ask him anything. But then he said, hey, can I, can I give a good word to the king? So Elijah must have been connected, you know? If you know the king, that's quite <laughs> out there. Or should I give a good word to the captain of the armies? Or should I pray to God? I mean, how connected is this guy? <laughs> and he'll give you a son. And she didn't ask for any of us. She falls pregnant. This boy grows up. And he walks in the field and he starts going, my head, my head. And he dies. They take him. They lay him on Elijah's bed. And I want to pause there. I mean, she started with bread. He prayed. He gets born. I mean, that takes a while. Most moms, you know. <laughs> and then this boy can walk. He can talk. He understands there's something wrong. So that's a few years of hospitality there. And he dies. And then he prayed. Praise for the boy. He gets raised from the dead. And I just think, how blessed was this lady? She started with bread. God gave her a son through this. And God got glorified. I mean, to raise someone from the dead. That's next level amazingness there. So we jump to Isaiah. And he talks about fasting. Now, if my wife was here today, <laughs> she's sick. She actually has a headache. And um. If she hears fasting, she starts getting a headache, okay? But uh, she didn't hear me practice yesterday, so don't worry. But um, he's like, what is real fasting? Like, what is true fasting? And it says, isn't it to distribute bread to the hungry and that you bring poor who are cast out to your house? There's lots of other things that I mentioned, but it's, it's getting back to the heart. What, what's your heart? Like... Look after the poor. Bring someone into your home. And when Job is trying to communicate with God, I mean, he went through terrible stuff, and he's trying to converse and try and prove his point. Two of the things he mentioned is how he looks after the poor and how he's been a father to the needy. And he must have known that those things must be weighty to God. I mean, he was going through terrible stuff, sitting like on this dusty place and cutting these things off, his sores off. And in that place, he knew this must be weighty, and hopefully this will get God to change things around him. And then for all the ladies who just loves Proverbs 31, <laughs> even there it says that she opens her hands to the poor, she reaches out to the needy. It's beautiful. Like all these gems, and then in Judges, Lot see, there's some guys coming to the town. Lot sees him. He takes him into his house. And then the men of that town were very wicked. And they come and they knock on the door because they want to have their way with these guys. And even to, even to the detriment of himself and his family, he's trying to protect his men. Now, what's standing there, it's not a prescriptive, this is what you must do. 
He just described to what, what reality he saw, how I have to look after someone I host, even to his own detriment. So, um, how many of you have ever been in a really dark place? And I don't mean spiritually, I mean physically dark. <laughs> okay? Because all the hands, dip, 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 like I tried to get you in the beginning. Yeah. So I remember a few years ago, my wife and I and the kiddies, we went to this island. And it's quite interesting. Like there's a hole in the, it's an island, and then there's a hole, but it formed a, like a beach in the middle. But you, the only way you get there is you have to swim through a cave, like this long cave, and then you get to this island. And so 15, say 25% in, my kids were like, uh-uh. And so I continued, the cell took them out, and I just liked it so much, I thought, I'm going to go get them. So I started swimming back without a whole group of people, without the headlights, and after a while, it was so dark, I knew I would get lost if I continued. And I knew potentially I would die. And it's just, we need light. Yes. <laughs> or how many of you... <laughs> I'm going to share a few short stories here to try and make a point. How many of you have ever been stuck in water, just paddling in water? Just going, how long can I do this? So, many years ago, uh, Kapi is not here, but, but as a kite surfer, you don't often get to go kite surfing if you stay in Stellenbosch. So, I went kite surfing and the wind started dying, but sometimes, just sometimes, if you catch it right, you can go that little bit deeper and then you can take the wind out. That last bit, but mine did not work. And the kite just started doing that. And I was like there in Bloberg, like paddling water. After a while, I'm like, okay, I'll have to do something. And the people were like ants. And I just knew I, I couldn't do this. And after a while, your brain starts playing tricks on you like, oh, the shark. I don't know. <laughs> but I wouldn't be able to keep on paddling forever. Because you know why? We need land. Okay. <laughs> or maybe... Have you been very cold? I remember as a young guy in my 20s, I went um, backpacking through Europe. It sounds like some movie. And um, I can really do backpacking on the cheap. So I was like, this evening, I'm not going to sleep in a hotel. No. This guy, I'm going to stay at the train station and wait for the train to come and fetch me 3 o'clock in the morning on a middle of a winter day. It was freezing, and you know what I learned that day? You need the sun. <laughs> so when I, when I just look at where the Bible speaks about the earth was formless and void, I just think of all these things God put in place. Way more than all these things I said, we need light, we need earth, we need sun. He put those things and so much more in place to make it the perfect place for us to live in the Garden of Eden, to be hospitable to us, yes, and then to give it to us and say, you go, make the most of it. How's that for the perfect host? And he stayed with us. He would walk with us in that garden. Everything was amazing. So when I think of that, I just think of God, 
the whole creation was for God to make things hospitable to us. He gave us this body to live in. He then takes this whole group of people, he gives them their own country. He says, hey, also, give other strangers houses to live in. And then when Jesus comes onto the scene, he's like, I want to give you water of life. I want to give you bread of life. But not more, even more than that, I want to give you an eternal home. I'm going to give you salvation now. I'm going to give you this church where you can belong, where you can be part of. And he just did all these things. And he said, even Gentiles, even you can become part of this house. And I just think he's just got this thing on his heart to bring people to him, to host people, to be with him. And um, it's just so beautiful for me. And I, and I hope if we see this, that this love will help us love others this way. That from a place of gratitude, we'll go and extend our hands. And we'll go and open our hands. So... Um, Jesus said that he's going away, check, <laughs> and he said he's coming back again, check, he is coming back again. So if you can put on John 14, verse 2 to 3, it says, in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, would I have told you that I go and prepare a place for you? So not just it's there, he's preparing something for us. And I know this is a bit tongue-in-the-cheek, but just look at what God did in six days. What's he busy doing up there? You know? <laughs> and if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again, and I will take you to myself, that where I am, you may be also. So we see things like this, and we see... This thing of unity where Jesus says, I'm in my Father, and my Father is in me, and I'm in you, and I want you to be in me, and then the Father will be in you, and you will be. He just wants all of us to be together. He just wants all of us to be in unity, to be in Him, to be in this perfect place. And I just think it's so beautiful. So we know that we host the Holy Spirit, right? Because we are. And surely... If he's in us, he will, the Bible says he will lead us into all troops. And part of that will be to be hospitable, to help others. So in Philippians 2, it says how Jesus, this thing is really weird today. <laughs> it says how Jesus emptied himself of everything to the point of becoming a servant so that one day we can all be with him in heaven. All of the stuff Jesus did just to host us in heaven for all eternity, not just one day, for all eternity. So to some degree, we are all called to this, to welcome people into our homes, but more than that, to welcome them into our lives, into our daily lives, both strangers, like the Israelites learned, and friends. And sometimes friends are more difficult to host. So um, we know that hospitality is a gift, it's also one of the things an elder should be. But then I also want to look at the early church and how this one lady did really well. So we see Lydia. She was a seller of purple. She worshipped God. To what extent, we don't know. But it does say that the Lord opened her heart so that she would listen to what Paul had to say. 
and then her and her whole household got baptized. So she was influential. To have a whole household, she must have had people working for her or something. And then it says the following in Acts 16. We were looking, and I think it was 15, yes. It says there, and after she was baptized, blah, 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 she urged us, saying, so that urge can also be begged. She begged us, saying, if you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. And she prevailed upon us. Prevailed might sound weird. It also says she pursued us. It's interesting. It wasn't just fine. People need a place to say, okay, I've got an extra room. She persuaded them. She prevailed them. She begged them, please come and stay with us. And to the point where guys went to jail, and after they came out, they knew, hey, let's go to Lydia's spot. That's where it's happening. So it wasn't just this thingy she had to do. It became this place. It became this hub, and she did it so well. So we see how the Holy Spirit was involved and how, I mean, there was cultural differences between Lydia and Paul. There was, um, uh, she was woman, he was male. She, she followed some kind of religion. I'm not sure, maybe she was a Gentile who tried Jewishism. And then, but we see that she had to get baptized. So she wasn't quite where Paul was yet, you know? She wasn't necessarily following Jesus wholeheartedly. But there were a lot of stuff which could have been barriers between her and allowing these people. And she overcame all of those things with the Holy Spirit. And I'm just thinking, what are the barriers for us? Why are we not allowing people into our houses? Why are we not taking people for coffee? Why are we not? What are those things? And through the Holy Spirit, through His power, let's just overcome those barriers. So one of my favorite verses is Hebrews 13, verse 2. Do not neglect to show hospitality to strangers, for thereby some have entertained angels unaware. You've had a curse in your house. And this, I mentioned our... Before I became a Christian, I almost OD'd from drugs. And I remember within, I think it was, within a few days from there, I was on my way back to South Africa in Amsterdam. And this old lady walked up to me. And the only thing she did was just go, are you okay? And I've often wondered, like, was that an angel? <laughs> and I know she wasn't. I know she wasn't. But it's just... For that moment, I mean, no one else cared. I was going off my brain. I don't know what was going on around me. And just this one lady showing mercy, just taking that time, just giving me a time, and just hosting my heart, just hosting my emotions, just making me feel okay, it still has an impression on me today. So I don't like these... Typical stickers you can put on a car, like, you're blessed to be in a blessing, you know? But the Bible does say it's better to give than to receive. And I'm sure, like, like um, Kala, <laughs> my brain went frozen there. Like Kala mentioned earlier, the guy from Vuste, when they took in Kursen Trader, they did not know what was waiting on them. They were still a little bit on the outside, 
But God used them in a big way for those couple to actually step into more. Blessed to be a blessing. I mean, they thought they were just giving away a room, but God gave him something amazing. And for me, it's just beautiful to think how God works. I mean, he blesses us so that we can bless someone else, and then he gives back to us. It's almost like we receive something, we're like, no, okay, we give it away, and God's like, no, I've got your back, here's something more. And it's not why we do it, but it's just, it just blows my mind how beautiful our God is that he would do that. I mean, I don't do it. If someone, <laughs> if I give money away or someone gives me money, I'm not going to go, wait, no, here's something back to you. It's like, ah, thanks. <laughs> but God isn't like that. He's just so beautiful. So we're talking about this today, not purely for the 412 thing. That as well, but more than that. Let's start somewhere small. Let's start like that lady with a piece of bread. She, she didn't go, hey, I'm going to sign up to host someone till my son grows to be eight years old, have some kind of headache, and then he's going to help me. No. She started with, do you want a piece of bread? Let's start there. Let's start by just greeting someone at church. And if you don't know how, or if you're busy talking, say me and Warren is busy talking, something I learned, if I see a visitor, I just go, hey, Warren, let's go say hi to that guy. Then Warren also learns, you know? <laughs> And that's how we teach each other. And we make it so easy in church. We like, we give away free coffee to the visitor. So you can even just say, hey, do you want to go have coffee with me afterwards? Free coffee for the guy, you know? Or maybe just have a bring and share. Like as a young guy, I loved having bring and shares at our house because there's always food left. <laughs> the next day, in your 20s, you like, score. <laughs> so really... And for the community leaders, like a pro tip, LaSalle is really good with us. When we used to, well, we still lead a comm, but way back then, if a visitor comes in, LaSalle will ask someone else in the community to invite that person. And I just, that's so, that's so clever, because now they learn, hey, I can do it. And they invite people, and like, hey, it's actually not that difficult. Boom, you've got one more person who can do it. Tip to the comm leaders. Or maybe you can just start saying, hey, okay, next Wednesday you can pray at my house. Or, hey, you can have community with me. Yes. So, um, in Matthew 25, it says uh, Jesus is going to come back. It's going to be a glorious day. Angels, he's going to sit on the throne. And then, uh, so it's Matthew 25, verse it starts at 31. Let's skip to where it says, the king will tell those. Okay, yeah. Come, you are blessed by my father. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you from the foundation of the world. That's also insane. To think that the kingdom wasn't just a byproduct. From the foundation of the world already, God started to prepare that place for us. Okay, next verse. For I was hungry, and you gave me food. I was thirsty, and you gave me drink. I was a stranger, and you welcomed me. So once again, it's like these simple things which we do. And then it goes on, and it says, uh, I was naked, I was sick, I was in prison. I'm not going to go through all of that. Then the righteous will answer him saying, Lord, when did we see you hungry and fed you, or thirsty, and gave you drink. 
and when did we see you a stranger and welcomed you? And I'm going to just skip. And when at the end it says, most certainly I tell you, because you did it to one of the least of these, my brothers, you did it to me. So whatever we do, we're doing it unto Christ. It reminds me of, I don't know if someone used it in a cell group way back then, but this one guy said, okay, we all have enemies. We all have people we don't get along with in life. So next week, bring a photo of that person, and we're going to do something. So this guy had a dartboard, and so each person would bring their photo, put it up, and they just started throwing darts. And then the next person started throwing darts, and each one had their go at their person. And at the end, yes, at the end, he turned the dartboard around, and at the back was the image of Jesus with all these holes through him. And he said, whatever you do to the least of these, you do it to him. <laughs> Ow! <laughs> but it's true. It's, it's maybe a bit of a heavy, but I think it's a bit of a waker-upper for us. Like, we, we often think, ah, I'm just doing it to that person. Ah, he deserves it. Ah. But everything we do, we're doing it unto Jesus. So even if you serve someone, serve as if unto Jesus. So, maybe you haven't received the gift of hospitality, but all of us have been called to something of that. Even if it starts at greeting someone at church and going, hey, I can do this, and then next you might have a dinner at your house, and next you might open your house to someone. Or maybe you are sitting here and you go, hey, I do want to host someone for 412, go online, do that whole registration thing, you can do it there. But, yeah, I just want to say, you never know what God wants to do with that moment. Like with me and the cell, we never knew that inviting a total stranger would impact me so, in such a huge way. And it went against all physical things in my head, but God had something. So I want to encourage you, really step out into this thing called hospitality and let God show you his heart for people. Let's pray. If all of you can close your eyes and maybe, yeah. So maybe, so maybe you're sitting here today, and I always want to give an opportunity. Maybe you're here, but you have not given that house. Like we read about, Jesus said he's preparing a place for us to stay. Maybe you don't know if he is preparing a place for you. And I just want to say that there's only one way for us to know, and that's Jesus on the cross. Only when you come to the place where you realize, I'm a sinner, I've done stuff wrong, I can't be good enough to go into that eternal place. Only then the cross starts making sense. Only then you can start going, that's why the cross is there. So if you hear this morning and you, you want to go, yes, please, I want to be with Jesus one day. I do want to be grafted into that eternal house. Would you just put your hand up and not shy away, not be afraid, not hold off on this? But if you hear this morning, please do put your hand up. We would love to pray with you. There may be some of you might be here this morning, you're like, hospitality things, 
feels like this huge thing, like a lady who built a whole room for someone. But don't start there. Just start at a place where you trust God to give someone bread or to greet someone at church and trust God to grow that thing. So let's just pray. Yeah, Father God, I just want to ask that this morning we will, we will start somewhere. God, Lydia did not let her religion and her culture and the fact that she was a female, none of that. She didn't let any of that be a barrier for extending her hand. And I want to ask today, help us to start somewhere, Father. Help us to extend our hand. Help us to start by greeting and then start by inviting to coffee and then start by opening our houses. And just, God, let us show strangers your love. Let us draw people into your family. Amen.